Hi everyone, today is September 30th, 2017, and this is the Dual Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger. And I'm Deck Tech. And uh, GX is finally here. Um, it's been pretty much a month of waiting for it, and we were inundated with new content, new rewards, new cards, new characters, and we've just been playing the game a lot. We couldn't put the app down, couldn't put our phones down, couldn't do other things with our phones. It's just been a really great time, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, for sure. I've had a great time. Um, unfortunately, I've been pretty swamped at work as well, so it's mostly been auto-dueling for me, but it's been a lot of auto-dueling. I actually used, um, what are they called, the orbs, like for oh, yeah. the, the one of the few times that I've actually used them, I've used a bunch of orbs. So, um, you know, we're going to talk about all the various things that are going on so I can get more into what I'm doing then. And uh, since we have so much to talk about, I'm going to defer the rest of my week in the dual world to you. Great. What did you do this week? A king of games. King of games. Yeah, you did. I did. And uh, uh, you're the only one who knows my struggle, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it, it, wasn't much, it wasn't much of a struggle as other people have because... I didn't realize how many pe- how much people play the game and how much they grind the ladder, but even in Hearthstone, I don't do that. Like I just play Arena in Hearthstone, and I just don't have the ability to play a ton of ranked like the same deck over and over again. And I finally got King of Games. I um, last week I was Legend three, and then at some point, I think Tuesday or someday, I I fell back to Legend two, and I was about to quit. And uh, I took a day off when GX came out, and then I got five in a row back to Legend Three, and then I got f- I took another day off, and then I got five in a row yesterday to get the King of Games. Overall, 145 games, um, maybe about 80 of them in Legend. Um, yeah, um, I was in Legend. I was primarily playing Red Eye Zombie and Psychics. Eventually, the Psychics kind of fell out because people started putting in. Ultimate Providence, which um, was more punishing to Psychic decks because you would lose your monster and that was it. There's no way to bring it back. So then um, I got some of the I got all the gem rewards from GX. So then I decided to buy some packs and I got uh, some of the new cards. And I decided to tweak the Red Eye Zombie deck to uh, win. Um, the last five games were mostly Red Eye's Balance that I faced, but there was an Ice Barrier deck and there was actually also a Psychic deck that. Um, that Keith played for some reason, so I guess I got a free win from that. Um, yeah, start, uh, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. But I, like, I didn't see the point if you didn't turn the things into skeletons in the graveyard. Like, I just didn't see how that would be good. But um, mm-hmm. I've heard of it. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna talk a little bit about red eyes right now. Um, I know that we're all sick of red eyes at this point, but. It's possible that the deck doesn't really go away entirely with the new meta. I think it will always be a competitive deck in some degree until a lot of new cards come out, right? I think so. Yeah, I mean, until there's some sort of shift to make the core Red Eyes engine no longer viable, it's going to be at least Tier 2 because it's just a very powerful uh, engine. So uh, I agree with your assessment that it's still probably going to be relevant. And also, even if it weren't, um, I think you get a little bit of rights to, to chat about how you got to King of Games. So, go for it. Great. So, first of all, Red Eyes is a bit of a spectrum. You could go all in with the 
regular red eyes, you can have a red eye zombie, or you could go full zombie with no regular red eyes. And my version is pure zombie. Um, and it, the red eye zombies all diff are, are all pretty much the same structure, but it depends on what cards you have. So if you don't have a three of something, you would substitute it with something else. Um, and some of the last things I did to get to King of Games was to use my last SR ticket. I was being cheap and I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't cashing in my hundred win SR <laughs> ticket. So I got a, um, Red Eyes Insight, my third one. And I finally opened the Bacon Saver from the new set because I went through 100 packs and I did not get a Bacon Saver. Um, and that card showed up in my last version, so I guess I had to thank for that. And I took a card from my collection, Anti-Magic Arrows, which I wasn't using before. So those three cards did make a difference. Um, so let's talk about the core of Red Eye Zombie. You need three Red Eye Zombie Dragons. Um... There's a trade-off because normal red eyes benefits from champion's vigilance, which is just a great all-purpose counter. While red eye zombie has zombie synergy, so you can use it with other monsters. Um, I only have two champions' vigilance, and a long time ago I disenchanted my red eyes, so I could get like a stone for Yoku, I think. So I was down to red eyes or something. I had two or something, and um, that's why I decided to play red eye zombie. I had three of those from buying through. Dawn of Destiny or Crimson Kingdom, I forget which one, but I had three, and I was playing Zombie Gemini all of last season, so I had some familiarity with the archetype of resurrecting things, um, and in some of the Red Eye Zombie mirror de- mirror matches, you trade zombies because Red Eye Zombie steals zombies when he destroys them in battle, so there's a lot of interesting play with that card, um. You need three times Red Eyes Spirit for sure. It's the core trap in any Red Eyes deck because it helps bring back Red Eyes, obviously. Um, and there is a specific play you have to make with the trap. Um, when you set it the first turn, I don't bring it back till their opponent is at the end phase because at the start of your next turn, they can use a trap to counter um, Red Eyes Spirit. And also, if you activate it too early before their battle phase they can destroy your red-eyed zombie. So typically, I would spring it at the end, and if if they're attacking me, I would spring it just to block the attack. So there's a bit of a timing thing you have to do with red-eyed spirit. Um, another thing that I did was I... Sometimes if I had extra spirits, but only one red-eyed zombie, and I wanted to win the game, I would sacrifice a red-eyed zombie for another red-eyed zombie, and then I'd use the spirit to bring it back, and then I would activate beatdown, and then I would win the game like that. So... That's more of an aggressive play. Uh, you have to judge the situation of when to do that. On the uh, timing of the spirit, by the way, the that's one of the major differences between the zombie version and the normal version. Because I ran the normal version because I didn't have all the zombie monsters. And you would typically um, do the spirit at the start of their turn so that you either had Champion's Vigilance available to counter uh. anything... Or so that you could, um, you know, at least pretend that you had Champion's Vigilance to counter anything. So, uh, just to quickly interject, that's one difference if you're playing the other version. Yeah, it's amazing how uh, the the decks are so similar. Well, like, by name, they're so similar, and they use the same cards, but then you use this trap card, the core trap, and it's a completely different way, just because you have the Vigilance, I guess. Um, Red Eye's Insight. 
I actually began the season with none of these because I I refused to farm Super Joey. <laughs> and um, my final version had three. So basically, I used all of my SR tickets this month to to get Red Eyes Insight. Um, when I had one or two, I tried using Tribute of the Doomed because it did help discard a card, and it had a plus effect. But um, really, the, the, the main purpose of having three is just bolstering your opening hand consistency i didn't i didn't realize how important it was until my last five games or last 10 where i had you know a really good hand and that's how i won the game especially my last five i can't i say i got lucky i didn't really have a really bad hand like all spirits and no zombies or something that that would have been really bad but i had a really good hand um that's what it did uh Two times Gozuki. Uh, typically, you have three of these because it's a really good monster. Uh, the play is to dump Red Eye Zombie and summon it back with Spirits. Or, if you had a Red Eyes in your hand, you would dump a weaker monster like Goblin Zombie, get destroyed, and summon it from your hand. I had uh, Samurai Skull before, but I took it out, so I ended it with two Gozukis. The other cards are Flex Spots, Monsters, and Protection Spells. Um... I really built my deck from a lot of random people online, and there was a person who was really rambling on Reddit, trying to give advice. He gave really good advice, but it was a really long run-on sentence. <laughs> and he mentioned how he has two times Goblin Zombie as the core, but I always saw one in a deck list that people use, so that's what I was set on. And I, I do agree that you have to have Goblin Zombie. Um, and some of the other monsters you have depend on your preference, and they are... I actually have one of each, which is kind of weird, but some people have two of some and none of the other. Um, Goblin Zombie, you know, it serves as the Gozuki Tutor. That's its first use. It could get discarded as the first card you discard to get Red Eye Zombie out of the hand. And its last ability um, is to discard a card from your opponent's deck. But a lot of times people just let this card hit through and they don't. They want to use their protection spells against Red Eye Zombie, so... It has a use in that it's it gets allowed to hit through things sometimes. Um, Red Eyes Wyvern only have one of these. Some people run two. Uh, it's only non-zombie card, but it does have use in tight games when you're low on cards and you can just get. It, it's a fourth way to cheat out a Red Eye Zombie out of uh, three times Red Eyes Spirits, and it could get discarded by Insight to get a Red Eye Zombie out. One times had uh, Heavy Knight of the Flame. Uh, just another zombie to have. Uh, I found out that having zombies is pretty important in this deck, and it has the Gemini ability to banish monsters, which is good against Red Eyes, and um, Phoenix. And the last card, Bacon Saver. Uh, I actually cut out Sphere Karibo for this card. I saw someone's deck list where they had this instead of Sphere Karibo. Um, I think it's, it might actually be better than Sphere Karibo just for being a zombie. Um, another target for Gozuki to send to the graveyard, it can protect your monsters. It can save your monsters when they're hitting into a mirror wall or something. So, I think it's better than Sphere Karibo, honestly. Um, and for the spells and traps, two times mirror wall. I only had two, so I would probably put three in if I had it. But I only have two. Two times Super Rush Headlong. I had a different number of enemy controllers and Super Rushes, but eventually I cut out the enemy controllers. They, weren't, they honestly weren't doing too much. And Super Rush has more utility... Letting my small monsters hit through uh, a red eyes that comes out of nowhere, um, and also some defensive value. And the last 
if there was any twist in my deck, it's anti-magic arrows. Um, it did tip my scales a bit. I had more spells and traps than monsters, but a uh, very aggressive card, and it helps seal the deal. Red Eye Zombie is really aggressive deck. Uh, it attacks much more often. It it just hits stuff even when there are trap cards sometimes, and this fits in in what it does. Mm-hmm. Um. And some general tips against decks against I faced in Legend. Uh, Red Eye's Balance was pretty much what I faced all of yesterday. You're, you're going to have more monsters. They're going to have more traps. Uh, they typically use Champion's Vigilance on Gozugi, but it's okay. So as long as you have a set spirit and a Red Eye Zombie in the graveyard. Um, it's important to disguise your Super Rush Headlongs and Mirror Walls with Toggle, toggle Off. That's really high-level play. It's not really high-level, but something that a lot of people don't know about. So disguise, pay attention to the toggles. I have the dialogue on, so I, I know when they say battle, I turn it back on. You know, things like that. Um, in the red-eye zombie mirror, it depends on who has a better hand. Um, the important card here is Heavy Knight of Flames. Sometimes you would want a special summon it with Gozuki, so you can use the Gemini summon. Um, and also the red-eye zombie stealing zombies is pretty important, so make sure you protect your red-eye zombies from getting destroyed. Phoenix, you're not going to have a back row, so sometimes they have a phoenix in the grave, and you want to use your uh, spirit right away so you can get your guy out before they destroy the traps. Uh, Heavy Knight is also important here to banish uh, phoenix. Uh, mill, I faced the mill deck uh, in to get back to Legend 3, and... I just didn't discard cards into my graveyard. Uh, like Gozuki effect, I did not use that. Um, because you're helping them mill you. So, uh, Mausoleum. I faced this deck a lot, especially with my Psychic deck, but with Red Eye Zombie. Um, so as long as you have Spirits, it's fine, because your beatdown ability can destroy their monsters. And having multiple Spirits can just help keep bringing back Red Eye Zombie. And finally, I faced a, a good number of Relinquished decks, and it's important to disguise your spirits and not use them too early. Let your smaller monsters get taken over by Relinquished. And, um, yeah, make sure your red-eyed zombies don't get taken over. That's pretty much my main thing for Relinquished. I faced a number of other decks like Ice Barriers, uh, Mako decks, random decks. But it's a deck that is so strong that you don't need a ton of skill to play it. But it's just following some of the typical gameplay guidelines of like basically predicting spells t- disguising your spells knowing what to discard in the graveyard uh playing with gozuki stuff like that so really strong deck and i would say early next season it's still going to be a pretty solid deck when people are trying out new things so i would say it's still safe to take to pvp yeah for sure i mean we see it um in hearthstone and and in the other games that we play where um at the beginning of every season there's and at the beginning of every um yeah pile of new cards um for some games it's just when sets come out but for this game it's also in other times but whenever there's this big shift there's one group of people who are trying out everything and then there's a different group of people who are maybe just more interested in winning and um so the uh, more interested in winning group is playing the same stuff as what they were playing last time, but they're kind of farming these people who are playing decks that are unrefined um, and that might become the meta. 
but um, because they're unrefined, they can't really compete as well. So like a really solid deck like Red Eye Zombie is still going to be most likely a pretty good choice um, pretty early on uh, in this upcoming meta. And there are, before the new set came out, a lot of people were actually angry on Reddit. There was a bit of complaining about um, meta decks. I think, I don't know if you saw that, but um, I guess it depends on what you value. If you want to try a new deck and go through the trials of that, and if that's fun for you, then do that. But if you want to pick up the wins, this is what you want to do is to try the the um, tried and true decks. Yeah, I mean, you guys know that I love to brew, and I love to try out weird decks and stuff. And so usually what I do is I I don't have a ton of time to devote to playing, so I can't, like play meme decks for half the season and then okay time to get serious and and decide to just go get king of games or anything like that in fact i expect that most seasons i will not be able to get king of games even if i like try the whole season just because i don't have time to do that um every time but um i still like to what i do is i will play my meme decks against like the standard duelists if i'm just grinding them for whatever reason and i have a, a hot second to try that out or um, to do my um, missions to go the stages up, or the time that I get probably most of my meme decking in is on the uh, the stage, the floors. What are they called? Ranked floors. Right. Yeah. So that you can't derank, and I'll just you know maybe take a day to play my meme decks. Um, the problem is when the meme decks are too good, and I just win and, and get out of my ranked four, and I'm like. Okay, I guess I'll switch back to my regular deck. Yeah, Legend 1 is the best place just because you're facing real competition to see if it actually works. Yeah, yeah, it's a great spot to try out um, new decks. The the memeier the deck, you might want to be a little lower down. But if you have a deck that's um, that you think might become meta or is like worth testing but you're not quite sure if it's refined yet or you, or you're not comfortable with it yet, then yeah, Legend 1 is a great place to play. And we are seeing a lot of emerging decks that we do want to talk about, but we're not ready to because uh, they, you need a larger sample size to know if the deck's for real, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're going to move on to this week in eSports. Right, so... Um... Since you talked a lot about your deck, I'll cover this part. The We covered a couple tournaments that were scheduled to happen in this past week, uh, last week, so we'll talk about them now a little bit more. Eyes on Heart Limited, uh, our Twitter friend, put on his own uh, event, and uh, Eyes On's tournament ended up having nine competitors in it, and our other Twitter friend, Pete, KH Town goes by a PK uh, ended up winning it, so that's really cool. Both in terms of um, you know having a little bit of grassroots growth in the community, and also seeing our involved people uh, doing a good job. So um, PK used Psychics, Control, Ice Barrier, and a Dark Flare Last Gamble deck. Um, apparently this tournament did not require you to have the same deck between matches Um, and PK said that the Psychic deck did not do particularly well maybe didn't even pull any wins but the Ice Barrier 
and Dark Flare ones did. Um, the Dark Flare one was really interesting. We're going to throw it into the show notes. And we also have a VOD of the tournament. So uh, you can check all of that out in the show notes. It's pretty sweet. Um, Guns Blazing did a 16-man. And a member of his Discord named Sizito ended up winning the whole thing. So congrats to him. Congrats also to our Twitter friend, Andrew Curto, who ended up getting second place. Andrew talked to us a little bit about it. And he explained that they had to use two decks through the uh, bracket. And then when, when they got into the finals, they had to add a third. And um, he used Psychics, Red Eyes Balance as his first two. And then he added Tomb Barrel Dragon, Three Star Demotion as his third. Uh, he said that he started every match with Psychics. And unlike PK, it worked very well for him. Uh, he said it didn't drop any games. He ran the No Mortal Can Resist with the three Watt Psychics, and that was just to counter the Red Eyes decks. And his own Red Eyes deck was uh, pretty interesting, too. He ran the Balance Red Eyes, but instead of doing the... Um, sorry, he did the five Monster, five Magic, ten Trap setup, but instead of doing Counter Traps with Valdalgian, he... Um, just kind of used strong um, traps to get over opposing 2400 monsters. So, of course, there's a few of them in the meta, including Red Eyes and Phoenix and um, at least one of the ninjas. And so he used two Inspiration and one Metamorph. And that kind of helped him, uh, you know, attack over those guys. It also allowed him in that fifth monster slot to use Wyvern. And... Uh, I kind of like this because the counterbalance version seems really strong, but it has this potential to brick. Right. Yeah. And with my luck, it tends to brick a lot. So I like that this one seems a lot less prone to bricking. So it's a good move on his part, and congrats on pulling second place for that one. Um, we talked about Reddit's tournament last week, which was on the 24th. And we checked the Reddit Discord, and it looks like that kind of never happened. Uh, I think <laughs> I think only two people signed up for it, and then only one person actually even checked in come tournament time. So congrats to that person for winning by default. Um, but obviously the tournament was not held. This week's tournament uh, was also pretty small. I think uh, there were only about four people in it. But uh, the winner was Shaw who used a dinosaur build and uh, it used Boxer and the, what's that other one called? Destroyer Saurus. Destroyer Saurus. So there's some interesting new cards there uh, to kind of revive this old archetype. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, it used Fossil Dig as well, which you don't really see too often. So we've got that one linked in the show notes. It's a bit of an interesting build. And then uh, Psychaos, we'll call it, um, got second place with a pretty cool Legendary Oceans deck, which is also in the show notes. Uh, the Legendary Ocean, as we talked about, can run Giga Gaga Gigio, um, and it turns him into a 2650 four-star monster. So um, <clears throat> that's kind of probably what the deck was built around. And 
we talked before about how the legendary ocean also turns your four stars into three stars, so you can do some hammer shark uh, shenanigans. But um, Psy Chaos decided not to go that route and instead used a couple reptiles and the uh, evil dragon Ananta, which is one of the new cards, um, to get a little bit of value out of that instead of the hammer shark route. So it's an interesting deck. And like I said, it's in the show notes, so you can check it out. I guess uh, one last point on that is the Reddit tournaments, one of them didn't go, and the other one only had four people. We were talking about it a little bit before the show, and they don't have any prize pools, so it could be that there's just enough support for other tournaments that um, people are going to those ones instead. Uh, But I think this is kind of just a bit of unfortunate timing, and a bit of a slump because um, there was so much going on in game that people wanted to just play that, and they didn't maybe didn't, didn't feel comfortable with their collections because they only got a little bit of the new stuff. We got a whole new um, set and then a whole new world, so there's a lot of flux right now, and so maybe people didn't feel like it'd be worth their time to compete in the tournament when they didn't know exactly what to expect. And, uh, of course, there's these other terms going on, like guns and uh, eyes-ons. So uh, there's probably a bunch that we also didn't catch and didn't report on. So, you know, I don't expect the Reddit tournaments to be dead. I expect them to make a comeback. And I expect them to, as free tournaments with limited or no prize support, to most likely be... um, a little bit more casual and to kind of be a little bit based on the ebbs and flows of the game and of the uh, community's scene at large. Yeah, well, while we're happy to see uh, other things sprout up, um, I guess it just depends on what you want to do, I guess. Uh, people who participated in the tournament, they might have been doing it for the first time or they're just really loyal to that tournament format so that they did it anyways. Um, and, uh, we do expect a bigger one once the meta kind of settles down a little, uh, maybe in the next week or two, there might be a better showing in Reddit tournament. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to talk about, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. I mean, Dual Links GX, and GX stands for Generation Next. Um, it's, it, it, these are some basic things to point out in case people need to be reminded. There's, there are some things that are confusing, but some things that are kind of basic. The original Dual World is now called DM. Um, this is important because certain missions can be double-dipped. You can do them in both worlds, but certain ones say DM and certain ones say GX. So pay attention to that. Um, I think the unlock characters can happen in both worlds. So um, you can mm-hmm. kind of unlock the new character in the DM world. Um, you start out in Stage 1 in GX... But the standard duelists retain the same difficulty level. Um, yours are the 30-something, right? 33? Uh, actually, I didn't say this in the intro, but in one of my bouts of doing more grinding and, and lots of auto duels and stuff, I did end up doing that stage flip. Oh. So my guys have leveled up as well. Okay, cool. Um, but they stay at the same level as you your uh, standard duel decks in the dual monsters world. Uh, so for example, I started out on stage one in GX, but my standard duels were level 45. 
Um, and w from what we could tell, uh, GX stage up missions only go up to level thirty for now. Um, some people are done, so don't don't be don't be rushed to finish up all the staging. Do what's important for you in the meantime. Um, the standard duelist counter card collection gems gold. Card Trader, PvP Rank, Vagabond Sightings, Secret Gem Locations, and Dual Gate are shared between the two worlds. Are you sure the Secret Gem Locations are shared? Well, They're in the I same mean, place. But, yeah, yeah, Right, they're in the same place is what I meant. Um, okay, yeah. I don't know if the recharge you know, timers are the same, but I think they are. Um, I, I haven't think so. Yet, I, I haven't had any... I mean, maybe not, but I haven't... Like had any situations in which I do it in one world and then do it in the other world and still have that spot like available. I think so. yesterday I I checked all my GX ones. Um, you know what? You might be right because I went back to DM and I got three out of four. Mm. But I felt like I checked the GX ones like an hour earlier. Well, maybe I'm wrong. It, does, it, does, it, doesn't, hurt, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> right, it doesn't hurt to try. And uh, what I actually intended to convey was that they're in the same spots, so you can right. find them easily. Um, not sure at this point if uh, you can have them in one world and not the other. And make sure you check out for Legendary Duelists, because sometimes there's a stray Legendary Duelist hanging out in DM World, and you completely ignore them for days. <laughs> yeah. Um, you start out as Jaden as the first playable legendary duelist, but the others are unlocked. You unlock Chaz when you get to stage five, Alexis stage ten, Bastion you need fifty games with one card or less in your deck, and Aster you need to summon two hundred attribute dark monsters. And after you unlock them, they show up at the gate, but you have to do additional missions to play the character. So it's like a two-step process. Yeah, uh, we we were talking about how we both don't have Bastion, it, because this this is gonna take forever. You can't auto duel this. You, you're gonna have to do this. It's gonna take some kind of farming event, or you're playing level ten people or something. Yeah, I saw some people on Reddit talking about how they did it by just going to level ten, um, legendary duelist at the gate. Uh, which, by the way, you can call from the gate either world, regardless of which one you're in. Um, but that just seems wasteful to me um at least at this point we haven't we have seen some emerging archetypes and stuff that people are really excited to talk about and that seem really strong but i've not yet seen any with bastion so i'm i'm not like in a huge hurry to get to him and so i think i'm just gonna do it as i you know as i try to farm other stuff i'm i feel like i'm gonna pick up aster eventually um just kind of naturally by playing that way right and it's just all about opportunity cost um i kind of see it as a waste of time because there's so much other stuff to do instead of fighting level 10 people and mm -hmm. um we're gonna get it eventually aster i aster i read about it early on so i used Jaden with a dark deck and i just auto duel then i got him like i got aster before chaz <laughs> so actually uh, that's yeah. that's funny i got him uh, after Chaz, but before uh, Alexis, because of the same reason I, you probably right. told. Um, so I just did an auto duel with with Dark Monsters. Yep. Um, this is one's big. Legendary duelists at level ten and twenty can now drop SRs and Rs only found in level thirty and forty. 
I assume it's a really rare chance, but a chance is a chance. You're gonna get, you're gonna get the card you can't get on level ten sometimes. Yeah, it doesn't happen often, but what I have found to happen more often is I've been getting uh, the SR like jewels a lot. Oh right, uh, yes. From the level ten and twenty guys, so I haven't yet pulled any crazy stuff with um, with the actual cards, but I've definitely seen some of this added value. That's great. Uh, and there are new SD decks. You you haven't been in your stage long enough to know if there are new ones, right? Or do you know? Um, I mean, I can tell that there were new ones. Um, I did start out at my 33, so I was there for like a day before I switched it over. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely noticed that there were new ones um, at, at least that stage. Yeah, the ones so in the level 45... Yeah, the ones in thir- 45 are easier than new ones. Mm. There's one that's like uh, Magic on Haywire, and they run Tower of Babel, and they always trip it themselves. They, they, they don't <laughs> count counters or something, so they take 3,000 damage just for no reason. That's hilarious. Yeah. And this is a big one. The Domino High School Student Standard Duelist Don't Show Up in the GX World. So you could say say goodbye to Jess and uh, Andrew and all of them, and they're replaced by new people. And now it's a combination of old standard duelists and new ones. So it's kind of it was kind of confusing the first time I saw it, but I, I kind of got that's what happened. Yeah, one thing was funny. There was this interaction uh, when you unlock <laughs> Alexis. <laughs> when you unlock Alexis, where Jay's just being a total dick to the. Uh, I forget the uh, new standard duel. Yeah, Duelista. Jay's like, I win. They actually accepted you from the Duel Academy? I guess they'll accept uh, anyone. Do you know what's funny? Because Jay, Jay was kind of like a goofy character until they gave him this persona. <laughs> yeah, Jay's savage. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. I, I would have understood it if, like, Christine or, um, you know, some of those people who were kind of mean before did said mm-hmm. that. Yeah, but... Yeah, Jay, Jay's just no chill. That's... <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, and we may have mentioned this, but we got a lot of gems that first day. You you were pretty much overwhelmed, right? I think I was overwhelmed. Uh, yeah. I mean, I got a ton of stuff. Uh, I ended up buying through whatever the Horus set is called. Right. Um, once through only. But, I, you know, I bought through that. I had been saving up a little bit for it, but I got like a couple, probably a couple thousand from all the stuff. I I know we got like 1,000 and something up front, and then there's, of course, all these new missions and new characters, so you get a lot from there now. And even after I have finished buying through the Horus set, uh, just the one time, but I finished buying it through almost completely because, you know, deck tech luck, um, I already have 1,500, almost 1,600 gems again, just from, you know, doing stuff. And so that's cool. Yeah. We also got, uh, extra gems for having played the game 250 days or so that we have. So we got hundreds of gems there. Yeah. Uh, redeemable UR and SR tickets, or uh, there's a lot of choices now from card trader cards, LD farm cards, event cards. Um. Yeah, some of the cards that you couldn't get before, you couldn't farm them. You can get them. I could get my Frost and Flame Dragon. 
Yeah, I'm looking at the Toon Mermaid. Um, doesn't really see much play now, though, but that's always been something that was kind of uh, lacking in my collection, so I don't know. Uh, uh, bingo. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to quickly say it also had a cool uh, UI update. I really like the way that they did where it had like some suggested ones at the top. All right. Um, the suggestions were a little weird because it was suggesting skin pack, but uh, but still, you know, it was cool. Um, there was some good stuff there, so I I like that they improved the UI as well as gave us all this new and, and cool stuff. There was a guy on Reddit who's who was talking about it, and he had like thirteen enemy controllers. You saw that? I didn't. I mean, I have four now. So now that we all have four enemy controllers, <laughs> yeah. No, this guy had thirteen, and people were saying like. Like, how did you get 13? And why you're leaving SR gems in the table? But, anyways, yeah. um, uh, <laughs> there was also a bingo event. I think they ran out of time, so uh, Mokuba is unlocked by playing bingo. And you actually get a lot of gems from this, too, because you get like if you match a bingo row and column, you get like three rewards just for doing that. So, a lot mm-hmm. of stuff from bingo. And yeah, as you mentioned, just uh, leveling up characters, new stages, and achievements. You're getting gems from all that. So, yeah, I, I'm not done with the first set. Just because I'm holding on to 2,000 gems for no reason. But I've got both of my horses, and I'm once I get my Beast King of the Swamps, I'm going to reset the box. Mm. Alright, new characters. Um, I don't know how much we allude to this, but we only watched the show from the first uh, series. I watched a little more than you because um, you stopped earlier than me. But we don't really know these new characters. So forgive us for not knowing the lore or not getting on certain jokes. But we can talk about the characters, skills, and card rewards. Or maybe just a little bit about the characters, what we know, what we get from them from the first impressions of these characters. Yeah, we'll call it the new player experience. Um, <laughs> and we'll go, we'll go with that. Yeah. All right, Jaden. Uh, he uses fusions and the ele- elemental heroes kind of fuse together. So you could there's three main elemental heroes: um, Avian, Bubble Man, and Burstinatrix, and they kind of fuse in sets. So Avian can fuse with Burstinatrix and Bubble Man, and they make two different fusions, and they kind of combine uh, things. So you could kind of use the same monsters. That's pretty. That's more versatile than a separate fusion material, I guess. Um, so let's talk about some of the cards. I have to refresh my dueling book, because I don't know what the cards do. Um, <laughs> let's see. What do you think about Jaden, first of all? he for, for me, he seems like someone from, like, California, doesn't Like, I don't know, that's my stereotyping of California people. Like, he's just super chill, right? Uh, I guess. <laughs> I haven't heard his voice, so I don't know if he's got the right, you know inflection and accent for it or anything like that but i do think it's funny that um the heroes are all humanoids right and they're they're modeled after after like superheroes and marvel or dc right yeah and so i do think it's funny that we're fusion monstering them because if when they're humanoids your natural inclination is to think that they're like sentient and like smart and Mm. i mean all all the monsters and dual monsters are like sentient but you know, it's easier to kind of have this illusion that it's just like a beast when it looks like just a monster thing. But when right, it's right. like a person and you're combining it with another person, you're like, who's in charge over there? What's going on? <laughs> it's like, if, it's like a, if it's like a man and a woman, too, it's like, 
you got you got to figure out who's who who comes out as the as the fusion, who's the dominant <laughs> sex. Right, and then the other ones like in their mind, like, hey, what's going on? Let's check right. out these exactly. new bits. <laughs> exactly. All right, elemental hero bubble man, eight hundred, twelve hundred. This is the water uh, fusion, and if this is the only card in your hand, you can special summon it from your hand, and when it's summoned, you can draw two cards. You must control no other cards and no cards in your hand to activate and resolve this effect. So it's, you know, besides being a fusion material piece, it helps you catch up. Drawing two cards is big. Yeah. Uh, Wild Heart. This is the earth portion. So you can actually, I, I was wrong when I said there was only three. There's like an earth one too, I guess. Um, this card is unaffected by trap effects. It's 1500, 1600. Um, you know, it's not going to be used in other decks that don't fuse them. Because there's another card called Ten Gabito Shen that doesn't get affected by traps and no one plays them at all. So, you know, just something to be wary of when you're playing against these decks. This guy's not going to get affected by traps. Yeah. Card Ejector. Once per turn, you can target one card in your opponent's graveyard and you can banish that target. The problem with this card is it only has 400 attack and defense and you have to keep it up on the board. But... You know, how effective is Banish? It sounds really good in today's meta, but is it it's, it doesn't seem worth keeping this monster around. Just It's not going to survive. Yeah, probably not. Yep. And a fusion monster, Elemental Hero Flame Wingman. And you, fl- you fuse Avian and Burstinatrix. Must be fusion summoned. When this card destroys a monster by battle, inflict... Damage to your opponent equal to the attack of the destroyed monster. It only has 2,100 attack, but if you can get it on the first turn, it might be pretty good. Yeah, it's, I don't like fusions that are weak like that. Because right. you're just setting yourself up to invest a lot into something that will end up dying. Right. And yeah. there are other fusions. Um, I guess it's figuring out which combination you want to use in your deck and have multiple ones so you could fuse more stuff. I think that's that's how they go. Yeah. Alright, let's talk about Aster. He uses the Destiny Hero cards and they be they, they involve more graveyard interactions and resurrection effects. Um, I think they're better than the Elemental Heroes, right? Just by looking at them. I like the uh, the theme more. I can tell you that. I haven't taken a, a long look at all these. There's so many new cards um, that I haven't been able to sit down um, and really look at them all. Uh, right. Like I said, I was kind of busy at work this week, but um, I, I like reanimation type stuff. And just for something like us who we don't really know these cards, the fact that a lot of these cards have the same name, kind of, um, it's hard to tell one from the other. That, that's just <laughs> me. Destiny Hero Dasher. Once per turn, you can tribute one other monster. This gain, this card gains a thousand attack until the end phase. If this card attacks, change it to defense position at the end of the battle phase. One time only. You could, if you draw a monster card during your draw phase, while this card is in your graveyard, you can reveal it and special summon it. So this card is twenty one hundred attack, and it becomes thirty one hundred. Um, it has synergy with a few cards like Deep Diver, so you could kind of set the card you want on the top of your deck, and then you could special summon him. Or you could use Black Terra uh, to continually use Fuel to get a 1,000 attack, I guess. And it could be resurrected by Fearmonger. This card reminds me of Dash Warrior. 
It, it looks like Dash Warrior. <laughs> I guess that's what dashing looks like in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Destiny Hero Double Dude. It's six stars, but a thousand, a thousand. Uh, this card can attack twice during your battle phase. Uh, if this card was destroyed since your last standby phase, you can special summon two double dude tokens. Um, I see this card being a farming use. Uh, I mean, it's a tribute, but it has more attack than Piranha Army. It's the same effect. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I think the non-tribute part might be more important, though, because you can just play the Piranha, um, as on your last Last turn. Last turn, yeah. Um... I think there's some interesting value there of with the tokens where he kind of replaces himself in terms of tempo if you want to sub- do like subsequent uh, tributes. Um, but I would guess that this is generally not going to see much play. You know, when I wrote this up, I didn't realize he was six stars. I've always four. Mm, yeah, if he no, were four not- stars, then it'd be much... Now he seems a lot worse. <laughs> yeah. It kind of reminds me of Hamstrat, the effect of just leaving some tokens out on the board. Well, mm-hmm. Hamstrat stays on the board, so it's like three things. But, um, yeah. This one might actually see play. Destiny Hero Diamond Dude. Um, four stars, 1,400, 1,600. Once per turn, you can excavate the top card of your deck. If it's a normal spell card, send it to the graveyard. Otherwise, put it on your bottom of your deck. During the main phase of your next turn, you can activate that effect of the spell card in your graveyard, even if you control no face-up cards. So, what this means is you can activate spell cards for free. Like, certain ones that have conditions, like Dark Magic Attack, Dark Burning Attack, Burst Stream of Destruction, Ojama Delta Hurricane, Wing Beat of a Giant Dragon. You can activate any of these cards for free. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, so this I card's mean, exciting, yeah. E- even if you don't get to cheat out that uh, requirement, you still get, it's essentially like a card draw with a little bit of condition, but, um, you know, that's always good. So that's really cool. Yep. It seems kind of meme that you would put, like, Dark Magic Attack in your deck, but it's really big catch-up ability. You could just clear your opponent's board right away. So... Yeah, I expect this card to see some play. I don't know how it's going to be used, but it, it'll fit in. Uh, Destiny Draw, not the skill. Discard one Destiny Hero card, draw two cards. Uh, so these cards kind of work on resurrection effects, and you're drawing two cards. So it seems pretty good. I think this is level 40 reward, so it's going to take a while to get this card. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a good card. Yep. Chaz. What do you think about Chaz? Uh, is Chaz the one with the slimy Ojamas. guys? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the slimy guys. Uh, yeah, the Ojamas. Uh, I don't know. He seems a little bit weird. Like he's trying to be uh, like a Bad badass guy. or something, but really he's just kind of goofy. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it works better in the show when you see more of him, but in this game it, it's a little bit of a weird situation. Uh, he has Armed Dragon's Ojamas. Armed Dragon level 5 has that 2400 attack, 1700 defense. You can send one monster from your hand to the graveyard to target one face of monster it controls with attack less than or equal to that sent monster, and you can destroy it. Um, 
During the end phase, when this card destroys a monster by battle, you can you can summon a level seven. So the effect is a bit like the XY XZ dragon, where you could discard a card and destroy a monster, and mm-hmm. it has twenty four hundred attacks. So it seems pretty good. With dragon synergy, it hits over twenty four hundred. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a solid card. Um, it's hard to see exactly what's going to pull out ahead with all these new cards, but uh, this seems like a contender. We also, of course, have some various miscellaneous like level monster support cards So uh, from the last two sets, so there's some potential there for sure. It's got a solid effect and good could stats. Be, it could be an activator for Dark Flare. Even though it's a wind, you could help discard stuff. Well, maybe that's, that's too much to ask for. Uh, Arm Dragon level 7 2800 attack the difference is you could send the monster to the grave and then you could destroy all their monsters with attack less than or equal to that card you know it's more win more but uh, if you're running 5 you're probably running 7 anyways just like one copy of 7 just because it could come out right yeah I think we could see some interesting stuff with like Maybe uh, it's a reanimation uh, trigger, like you can discard your red eyes or something like that. But right, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Chthonian Polymer. It's a trap card. You can only activate this card when your opponent fusion summons a monster. Tribute one monster on your side of the field to take control of that fusion. So, you know, this is some kind of tech if fusions become too good. Yep. That's all I have to say. All right, Alexis. What was your first impression of Alexis? What did, what did you say she looked like? <laughs> I I thought she looked like a... Be, because of her hair, by the way. Right, I thought exactly. that she looked like a female version of Kaiba. If you look at it, right. yeah. it's like the same haircut. But like the <laughs> mullet part's a little longer. Right, right. Uh, so she uses the Cyber Angels, which might be the first big splash in this new meta. Like, the new developing meta, people are winning impressive games with Cyber Angels, and they're ritual monsters. And you could all use the same ritual spell. Uh, A trap card. Arrival appears. Select one face-up monster your opponent controls. Special summon one monster from your hand that is the same level. Uh, This seems like it's going to be tricky to pull out, but I think in this game, you're using the same levels, right? Like, everyone has, like, a four level 4 card or something. Yeah, that's true. For the most part. But I don't... Like, it might just be a niche card. Like, you're only getting one copy, so... Uh, we don't know how much it's gonna be used. Spell Shield Type 8. Uh, activate an effect, counter trap. Whenever a spell targets a monster... So it's kind of like Ryoku Field. Uh, negate a spell card that targets a monster. Or... You can negate a spell by sending a spell from your hand to the graveyard. So it's kind of like an extra ultimate providence, right? Kind of. Yeah, yeah, it seems pretty solid in terms of protecting your monsters and stuff. Yep. Cyberblader, really interesting card that I don't have here. Cyberblader. Alright, so it's a fusion monster, 2100, 800. Um, so it has different abilities depending on how many monsters your opponent has. So when they have one, this card cannot be destroyed on battle. If they have two, you double this card's attack so it becomes 4,200. 
When they have three, you can negate the effects of your opponent's spell, trap, or effect cards. So this card, um, you could kind of use cards to abuse putting weak stuff on their side of the board to manipulate how many monsters they have. This card's really hard to like to tell what, what's going to happen with this card. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, like you said, a very build-around card where you would need it to have ways to force them to have like the right amount of monsters or any monsters or stuff and a little bit of protection to make sure that it sticks around and so you're not devoting so much into something that dies immediately but it's a it's a cool effect i think it would probably see a ton of play if it weren't for the fact that we were also getting the uh the ritual guys right which are kind of getting all the attention right now one of the i think the main big monster in the ritual decks is cyber angel dakini it's eight star tribute eight star ritual 2700 2400 so its ability is you can you can make your opponent send one monster they control to the graveyard um that's after you ritual summit so you force them to destroy one of their own monsters if a ritual monster you control attacks a defense monster inflict piercing so all your ritual monsters once per turn, during your end phase, you can target one ritual monster or one machine angel ritual and add it to your hand. This card just does a million things. Right, and I think the uh, come into play and the uh, end of turn are much more relevant than the piercing. Right. But uh, the... You know, it's just all around good, and the ability, you get an instant value... And then you get to recoup some of your lost value at the end of each turn. So um, it doesn't have the same downside that most rituals have where you have to devote a lot into it and then you're kind of setting yourself up to get a lot of card disadvantage. Um, For this one, because of those reasons, you are kind of staying ahead on the card advantage or uh, at the very least, you know, breaking even. And you get the tempo play of being able to do it as a ritual, so you can, you know, maybe play more than one thing at a time, stuff like that. And from the video we saw this morning, I think they used like two or three rituals in the same turn, right? They used uh, Benton and Idaten, and then they summoned this one afterwards because you get a ritual card back from those summons. Right. So the deck has a lot of recycling and searching and uh, those types of effects that are very powerful um traditionally in card games so um i haven't i I didn't actually sit down and watch the whole video i kind of just got the gist of it because i prefer to try to figure those things out on my own so i saw this hot new video that we were going to talk about and i just took a quick peek but um yeah it seems like it's a really powerful uh possible upcoming archetype yep and we have the video there so you can check it out uh and decayed uh kind of predicts it to be good so uh, yeah he calls it he calls it tier zero and i don't know how much of that is just puffery to try to make the video get lots of clicks which it certainly will uh and has but uh obviously tier zero meaning that it's better than tier one that's what people were saying about the tomb barrel dragon deck that ended up kind of uh, breaking out in this most recent meta so um you know maybe this is the next breakout we have to make a tier negative two. That's going to beat everyone. <laughs> it's 
the spin-off podcast. <laughs> yeah. Swing of Memories, magic card. Target one normal monster in your graveyard, you can special summon it, but destroy it during the end phase of this turn. I think you could do a combo with Gemini, and that you could uh, turn it into a Gemini monster, and then it stays. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Sorry. Um, yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Or you could just use it for a tribute or something, and use the monster that doesn't that's not going to stay around any longer and use it for something like order to charge or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. Bastion, his cards have a chemistry theme, kind of, uh, you know, bonding of elements, polychemical, polychemicrater dioxogre. Um, it's a fiend Gemini with 2,800, 200. Um, it has a Gemini effect. Uh, it has two abilities. The normal summon of this Gemini monster cannot be negated. Once per turn, you can banish one Gemini from your graveyard, target one monster your opponent controls, and destroy it. To target one card your opponent dis- controls and destroys it. So, you're going to need some kind of build around for this card. Um, he costs two cards to summon, so it's probably the Gemini monsters that you use to tribute to make him to destroy stuff. But... Um, you know, any card that destroys something from using graveyard fuel is pretty good, but the defense is kind of low, and he's kind of slow. Yeah. Well, but you you could you could get him out with Doom Shaman and Supervise as well. Doom Shaman and Supervise. Yeah. Well, he yes, has to be in yeah. the graveyard. He has to be in the graveyard for Supervise, and Doom Shaman's Gemini ability is to summon a fiend. So. Right, right, right. Maybe. Maybe. DNA Transplant. This is a trap card that turns uh, all face-up monsters into one attribute. Um, yes. We have... Uh, this is our second copy of it in the game, right? We have DNA Surgery, right? Oh, yes, yeah. Okay. So this... This kind of fits in more into his special ability, which gets you a field out. And you could kind of fit it into whatever field you want, but your opponent's monsters are going to get the same benefit of the field. Yeah, it's a little bit interesting. Yeah. But I saw some kind of synergy with the element monsters. So, like, you could turn them all into fire types, and then elemental source becomes really good or something. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, but then you you kind of only get one value, whereas sometimes you could kind of with the elementals you could have them buff each other and stuff, right? So right, yeah. I don't I don't know if that will end up seeing play, but it's an interesting card, and I'm still uh, gonna be using my order of the tribe or whatever and regulation of the tribe and combo right. it, so you can never attack me. <laughs> <laughs> DD Scout Plane. Once per turn during the end phase, if this card is currently banished and was banished this turn, you can special summon and face up attack position. So you can kind of reuse this for banish fuel like Skull Lair, I think. Mm-hmm. Keep using it. Yep. Yeah, that's a cool um, effect. How? What are the stats on that thing? 800, 1200. Ah, I see. So yeah, you'd have to like throw it into defense mode and then uh, just kind of use it as a miscellaneous stall card. But, you know, Free value is free value. So. It's good if you get multiple copies of this, too. I think it's a level up reward. I'm not sure. 
but if you get multiple ones of these, it's not bad. Yeah. Uh, Water Dragon, you have to special summon it with Bonding H2O. The attack of Fire Monsters and Pyro Monsters on the field becomes zero. When this card is destroyed and sent to the graveyard, you can special summon two Hydro Geddon and one Oxy Geddon in your graveyard. So that's what you use to make him. Uh, and he turns everything to zero. So Lava Golem, Hazy Flame, Nethys, Canine Taurus, I added him for some reason, and Sergeant Electro all become zero. You and can Horus. combo him with Horus. Oh, he's fire? He is fire, yeah. Okay. So maybe this... I mean, the ability is kind of... Um, bonding H2O. What does this do? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I can't even look up the word. Oxygen. Hold up. Bonding. Okay, bonding H2O. Oh, you could... So... You could summon him from your hand. Your materials don't have to be on the board. So it's like polymerization with three monsters. Hmm. Yeah. So, I guess it depends how good fire cards are, but these are some cards that are played a lot. Yeah, I mean, at least moderately so. Um, I know that we are already getting some value against... <laughs> it, it tends to be against me, because I haven't played much Mako, but... Mako gets some just like inherent value from reducing a lot of my guys. Um, and this is kind of the same where you get some splash value. Uh, um, plus, his stats are decent, you know, decent yeah, 20, effect. 2800, yeah. Yeah. Plus, the, uh, the ability to maybe summon him from your hand. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Maybe we'll see it. And uh, Mokuba, uh, he's obtainable for the first time, is playable and from bingo. Um, he doesn't show up at the gate yet, though, from what I could tell. he just You could just play as him. Some of the interesting cards he gives are Ancient Rules, a magic card that gives the ability to special summon one level 5 or higher normal monster from your hand. Pretty good. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I think that there's a lot of potential for abuse here. So I think that that's going to be one of those cards to watch as a possible card to maybe be part of a one of the major archetypes, like Red Eyes or like uh, the Kaiba Man decks or something. Right. Um, or one thing that I was thinking was um, three-star Demotion uh, Dark Magician decks can oh. maybe use this instead or, or in addition to their other stuff. So um, I think... We'll see, you know, if it, yeah. like like everything else, we'll see if it ends up making as big of a splash as it could, but I do think there's definitely some potential there. Yeah, so start leveling up Mokuba, because you get two of these from level up rewards. Yeah, I think Alexis and Mokuba are the yeah. two that uh, most people are going to be focusing on first. Lady of D. Your opponent cannot target face-up dragon monsters you control for attacks. If this card is on the field, would be destroyed by battle or by card effect. You can send one dragon monster from your hand to the graveyard instead. I think this could be pretty good because it protects. It's a little slow, honestly. It's fifteen hundred, and uh, your dragons have to be on the board. But it's really good protection just to have them not get attacked, and she herself can be saved. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's okay. Um, I'm a little bit less impressed by it. Um... But 
you know, it's nice to protect your dudes. So, yep. Guardian of Felgrand, uh, five hundred attack warrior. If this card is normal summoned or special summoned, you can equip one level seven or eight dragon monster from your hand or graveyard to this card. This card gains attack and defense equal to half of that monster. You can tribute one monster and this card and target one level seven or level eight dragon from your graveyard and special summon it. This card's really unique. I don't know if it's useful, but it has some interesting abilities. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on there, and um, some of it's fun. <laughs> it's more fun. Yeah. You could kind of just send your guys to the graveyard. I think that's what his use is. He's sending big dragons and bringing one back or something. Yeah, I mean, he's... Let's see. I mean, you get think... red eyes. Red eyes is twelve hundred. Blue eyes is fifteen hundred. Right. So, I think it's you know that's good enough. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> the I I think the question is not whether it could see play, but whether it could fit in the deck. So I think that this would be a good enough card in some of these decks if it um, if there weren't better cards. You know, it's it's not that it's not good enough to compete with the other cards in the meta. It's that it's maybe not good enough to compete with the other cards in this deck. Because you want to keep your deck around 20 um, unless there's a specific reason why you're looking for a 30-card deck. And he himself is not a dragon, so that kind of puts that some of that... It makes him worse, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're going to talk about some of the notable skills so far. Blessing of the Cyber Angel... Uh, Alexis level 4 rank up. It's the first skill in Duel, Duel Links where you can get a random card outside of your deck. So we see it in other games, the like Stone, but this is the first time you can get a random card in Duel Links. Yeah, I don't think that's actually true, dude. We've got uh, the Harpies one, right? Which one? Uh, well, there's definitely... There's the one where you can get the powerful cards. Like the... God, what are they called? The creator skill? The creator. Right. Let me see. Is it the creator or is it some other card? Uh, let me see. Oh, no, no, no. Not You don't get the creator the card. Wait, the card you get is the breaker, the magical knight, or whatever he's called. It's one of the cards. Um, breaker, the magical warrior? No. Mm. Heartbreaker? No. No, I don't. I don't know of a card that you can get a card outside of your deck. I don't think there is one. Uh huh. Here, I'll look, I'll look it up. You keep going. It just seems like it's new. All right, Master of Rights Two is Alexis level twenty. It's important because uh, it gives you the spell Fairy Cage. And Fairy Cage, damn, it's not even called Fairy Cage. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a card that protects your cyber uh, your ritual monsters from getting destroyed. Uh, so it's a continuous spell and um, it serves as the protection instead of using trap cards to protect your monsters. Okay, and by the way, I found it. It was a Pegasus skill called Creator. And oh, and Pegasus. This, yeah, the skill uh, says, well, it adds a random, quote, powerful card to your hand um, instead of your draw once you've taken a certain amount of damage. The, quote, powerful cards are Breaker the Magical Warrior, 
Harpy's Feather Duster, um, and then some less powerful ones, Defender the Magical Knight, Dunamis Dark Witch, and Magical Arm Shield. So uh, um, that's what I was talking about. But Yes, yeah, this, this is the first time I've heard of this skill. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't see much play because you, uh, you have to have your life below 2,000, and uh, uh, you only kind of want two out of the five. So I don't know. All right. All right, so I guess uh, I'm going to delete this thing from the notes because <laughs> I did not second, know it Second time, maybe. I don't know if there's another one that I don't remember. But it is a cool effect uh, that lets you... Uh, it, it works with her, you know, that archetype that we were just talking about, maybe. Yeah. All right. Um, Kaibacorp Bling. This is a Mokuba drop. Um it seems like a really budget Destiny draw. Um, you basically, if you take 1,800, you can get a random Prismatic or Glossy card from your deck. So I kind of I got rid of all my cards. Like, I melted them at the Trader. I melted them, I batch converted them. Mm-hmm. And there are some cards where I only have Glossy ones. Right. I'm in the yeah. same boat, which means that this, you know, <laughs> that kind of sucks for us. <laughs> but, yeah. um, so the idea being with this one, like you said, is that you can make it so that only one card in your deck is glossy or prismatic or something like that, and so that this becomes a tutor effect, or a limited tutor effect if you have like a couple cards that you want to maybe be able to pull from. So um, the difference between this and Destiny Draw is that you only need to take 18 instead of 2,000. So there's, you know, I don't think it's worth it for that 200 points difference unless something happens that can more easily give you 18. But we have a pretty, we have some decent reasons, or sorry, some decent ways to take 2,000 pretty easily. So I think Destiny draws almost always going to be better. But there's definitely some room for this interesting skill. And now it makes us kind of want to craft our collections a little differently. Yeah, you have to change your settings about how many you want to batch convert. Yeah. But it might be too late for certain cards already because you're not going to get them again. Right. Yep. Rip. Um, Land of the Ojamas, Chaz level 4. You start off with Ojama Country. And this flips all of your attack and defense points uh, as long as they have one monster on the field. So all of your 1800, I mean, all of your 4 star guys are going to be underwhelming. And certain big monsters like Silent Magician are going to have less attack. Well, doesn't Silent Magician not get affected by this? Oh, yeah. What's another monster? Um, <laughs> Dioxy. Dioxy could... Polychemical Critter Dioxy Ogre. It's got yeah. 200. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is really tricky. Like, I don't know if this is... It's hard to say this is not going to be used at all. I feel like it will show up. Well, I... So, I am the... Uh... What's it? Third rate duelist this week because I actually lost to. I'm pretty sure it was level ten Chaz because yeah. I was not ready for this card at all. I didn't like look into what he had or anything. And the deck that I was running uh, was my dark monsters deck to to grind him out. So um, it was like I had uh, twin barrel dragons and stuff who have oh. like two hundred defense and. Um, uh, yeah, I totally got wrecked by level 10 Chaz. Yeah, I played a Dark Blade deck so I could get the fusions out as well. And mm. Dark Blade has 1,500 defense, so it's just good enough. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Much yeah. better. 
And another Ojama skill is Ojama Overflow. This is a drop skill. You have to have 500 life points or less, but you basically summon uh, three zero a thousand guys on his side of the board. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe it could be useful for farming, but because uh, you do want to have low life points when you're farming stuff, and it just blocks out their board. So. And can you summon them in attack or defense? Because it could just give you the win, right? If you put a couple, like if they have a big, attack. if they have a big guy uh, who's blocking you, so you can't attack, and then you could just throw a couple zero attack dudes into attack mode, so you can attack in essentially directly. Mm, doesn't say. Yeah. Also unclear. Yeah. Well. Anyway, that's cool. Alright, we're going to talk about some of the new cards from the structure decks. There's two new structure decks from Joey and Jaden. The Legendary Warrior deck focuses on warrior cards, equip spells, and having multiple attacks each turn. So these cards are called X-Saber cards. DD Warrior. This is a really famous card. After damage calculation, when this card battles a monster, banish it and banish this card. So it's strictly better than Yomi Ship, right? Um, yes, I think so. Uh, yeah. Does it have better... Yeah, it does have better stats. As yeah. a lower stats, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely a better I think so. Banish is yeah. usually better. I mean every once in a while there's some decks that prefer not to banish and it's light instead of water, so I, I don't know about strictly better, but almost always going to be better. And they only give you one copy, so if you want to buy more than one you'll have to spend money yeah. uh, on the pack. Gotcha. Marmiting, Marmiting Captain, 1,200 attack. When this card is normal summoned, you can shuffle one card from your hand to the deck, draw a card, and if it's a monster, you can special summon it. Yeah, I think this one was more for me. Um, <laughs> it's just Still a card draw, though. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of... It's a fun um, card that sometimes can lead to some crazy plays, so I'm looking forward to... well. I'm not actually sure if I'm going to play with it because I'm not sure if I'm going to buy this instead of like packs. But I do think that a lot of people are going to buy this through multiple times for DD Warriors. So you might as well play around with Marmite and Captain while you have it. Yep. And a trap card called Staunch Defender. You can activate this card when your opponent declares an attack. Select one face up monster in your field. During this turn, your opponent can only. Your opponent must attack that monster of all of their monsters. So this could be a really big swing if you have something that they don't want to attack, but it it, it is situational. Um, yeah, so we actually already have this card in the card pool, but it's a really old one. It's from Ultimate Rising, and um, it has seen a little bit of play in the Taya Cyberstein decks because you get... The really big, you know, your ultimate dragon or whatever, yeah. and um, and then you also have Cyberstein out, and so they're like, oh well, I'll just attack Cyberstein and kill you, and you're like, hold on, you will not. <laughs> and so, uh, it doesn't see a ton of play, but what I do like is that from the structure deck, so we have this card that is an ultimate rising card, and we have DD Warrior, which we just talked about is like a better version of Yomi Ship, most likely. Yeah. So it's kind of like an easy 500 to catch up a little bit, on at least on these two specific cards that uh, maybe don't want to go back and 
buy old packs for. Yep. And the other deck is Hero Rising. It, it bases on fire-based elemental hero cards and tutors and fusion support. Elemental Hero Blazeman. If this card is normal summon or special summon, you can add a polymerization from your deck to your hand. During your main phase, you can activate this effect. You cannot special summon monsters for the rest of this turn except for fusion monsters. Also send one elemental hero monster from your deck to the graveyard. This card gains attribute, attack, and defense equal to the monster sent to the graveyard until the end of the turn. You can only use the, the effect of elemental hero placement once per turn. So it tutors polymerization and it dumps cards into the graveyard. So it does a lot. Yeah. Elemental hero heat. A 1600 monster, but it gains 200 for each elemental hero you control, so it starts off at, as 1800 itself, and it could be more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of attack for cards that typically don't have a ton of attack in elemental heroes. Yeah, seems solid. Rot- yeah. Yep, seems good. Rottweiler, when this card's destroyed by battle and sent to the graveyard, target one elemental hero and one polymerization in your graveyard and send them to your hand. You know, this just gives you two cards in your graveyard. So, if you're running those elemental fusion decks, this seems like a card you'll use. Yeah, it's it's good recycling value. Um, and you kind of need it to keep your engine going in your deck, so it makes sense. Yep. A hero emerges when an opponent... This is a trap card. When an opponent monster declares an attack, your opponent can choose one ran- random card from your hand... If it's a monster, you can special summon it. Otherwise, send it to the graveyard. Um, so it's support for big monsters, and you can cheat out something big, right? And But it's RNG, though. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of RNG. Uh, you can usually, you would only activate it when you've kind of curated your hand so that there's good stuff that you want there. But I think the the question is whether it's outclassed by ancient rules, which we're also getting at this time. Um it allows you to get non-normal monsters, whereas Ancient Rules is limited to normal. But Ancient Rules is like a magic, and there's no RNG, so you can just play it on your turn and attack and don't have to worry about all kind of the stars aligning. So um, looking forward to seeing if maybe some big guys can get some sort of cheating out deck from these various cards. Yep. And, um, you know, those are all the new cards for now that we're going to talk about. But we're probably going to see more in the future in future decks, so we'll bring those up as they show up in the meta. Um, Yeah, the last thing to bring up now is that there's a 1.5 experience campaign till the 4th, so um, we're more motivated to play and level up our characters. Yeah, we didn't really need help, but it's nice that they gave it to us anyway because now our guys are leveling very quickly. And you'll be you'll have everyone at forty in two weeks. <laughs> That's right. It's not right, but it's close. <laughs> Look to the future. Dual Fine is back in early October. The crowd favorite. Oh yeah. Well, uh, maybe we'll get GX rewards this time. <laughs> oh, it's coming up this week. Yeah, Bones is coming up mid October. Uh, we don't know what we're gonna get. But we're probably getting zombies. <laughs> Pretty sure we're getting zombies, yeah. and maybe Call of the Haunted too. So yeah, uh, we're expecting that. I wonder if he has interactions with Keith. That'd be pretty cool. If he does. Yeah, he should. 
And this could be a farming event, so he could get Bastion during this time. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Duelist Chronicles Round 2 is back mid-October. Um, so they took our suggestions from last time, and they brought it back. I think it's the same same event with Duelist Island. So you could get Yugimoto again and get the new rewards. Uh, there are new rewards. They confirmed it. So Right, uh, yeah. yeah. I think it's probably going to be the same event. Um, what... One thing was interesting was I was wondering if these types of events would be like world specific. And then I thought, well, if they're doing two events at the same time, then maybe they would do one in each world. But the problem is that Bones would be part of the Duel Monsters world. So that either doesn't apply here or we're all wrong that it's Bones and there's some other person that it could possibly be from the GX world. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. New unlockable GXLD in late October. Um, it's my turn to teach you a thing of two about dueling. Uh, Reddit thinks it's Dr. Crowler. There's actually something really funny. He has a PhD in dueling. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's totally what you have gotten, right? Yeah, man. That's yeah. Uh, what is it? It's that's like Dr. Horrible. <laughs> PhD in horribleness. <laughs> we don't really know much about this guy, but he seems kind of like. Their version of Pegasus, from what I could tell, he's kind of like really like proper. He kind of looks like a clown, but oh. you know, I don't know much about him. I, I oh, he used, he, used, he, he uses the ancient gear cards, I believe. Hmm. Do you, are you familiar with those cards? No, I'm not. Okay, I so they're it. they're like they're like machines, I think. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we'll see, but uh, I mean, it kind of makes sense since he's. He's a professor at their school, is what I saw, uh, yeah. or like the dean of it or something. So it kind of makes sense that he would be the one who's teaching people a thing or two about dueling. So, uh, I mean, when you when you have a PhD, how can you not? You know, like... right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually it's a mill. Is because if you get a PhD in dueling, all you're gonna do is teach other people how to duel, and all that does is creates more PhDs in dueling. Yep. <laughs> Investment in our education. That's what Kaiba did. Um, <laughs> Kaiba Cup returning in early November. Uh, it, it's been a while since the last Kaiba Cup, and it's been one. It was one of the most popular events. Um, there's a note about how people reach King of Games in the 21st season will get an automatic invitation to Stage Two. Uh, season 21 is October, so damn it, because I <laughs> I got it this season instead. Um, <laughs> so you, you can get King of Games in the upcoming month to give yourself a head start. Yeah, so uh, as you guys might recall from last time in the Kaiba Cup, there's a two-stage process. And the first stage is you make it to King of Games, and then that gives you a, a, quote, invite to stage two, where you just kind of keep playing, and then you get points uh, based on how well you do in stage two. Um, So it's kind of like in, if we have any other friends who play Hearthstone, uh, you get to Legend, and then you're within Legend, you're competing to be number one Legend. So... In this time around, they're giving you essentially two seasons to get that invitation to the second part. So uh, if your October is looking more clear than your November because you're less of a Halloween family and more of a Thanksgiving one or, you know, whatever, uh, you've got a couple chances to make it into stage two, which I think was a a pretty cool uh, way to reward players who are talented but maybe don't have all the time which um, was one of the things that I noticed about the first KC Cup where the people who were making it were pretty much playing like, you know, 18-hour days or whatever um, to try to keep up. So it's pretty crazy to kind of 
force people to do that. And I mean, I guess you don't have too much of a choice because you're trying to narrow down millions of players to two. But um, I do like this as a small way to mitigate that, at least. Um, and finally, new legendary duelists at the gate in early November, and these are Pegasus and the Paradox Brothers. So they'll finally be farmable for cards. We don't know the rewards at the moment, but we can expect some of the same ones we got during the events. It could also be the end of their special events. Uh, I guess we want to end this by... I guess we have to... Yeah, yeah. I, I, before you even type this in, I was going to say that. <laughs> uh, we want to thank Konami. They... They took all of our feedback and they gave us a ton of stuff. They fi- this this the game's a lot better. The community's quiet. They're not complaining yet. Uh, everyone seems happy. Yeah, I think that they did an amazing job. Like you said, they took a lot of our feedback. Um, you mentioned earlier that they very readily quashed the whole co money um, meme thing. At, at least at this point, and. Uh, they've just done a really good job with this update. I still think it was probably a little bit early to be doing a whole new world less than one year out from the game launch, but I think they did an amazing job in implementing that uh, decision to do so. So uh, just hats off to them. Yep, we're pretty happy. Um, So, yeah, that's it for today. You can find us on the App Store, Google Play, Stitcher, and other things. Check out the podcast and more at our website, thedualassessment.wordpress.com. We have a YouTube channel, so check us out there. Uh, Help support us, patreon.com slash dual underscore assessment. Send us an email with any questions at thedualassessment at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter, dual underscore assessment, me at Green Ranger HS, and Deck Tech at HS Deck Tech. That's right. Thanks, guys. Catch you next time. All right. Have fun.